Hi, I'm Michael G. Williams, and welcome to Social Distancing Radio. I'm a novelist, and a reader and friend asked if I would read from my work as something they might find comforting and familiar amidst the uncertainty and anxiety we're experiencing from multiple sources in 2020. As of this opening, I've read Perishables, the first book of my five-book vampire and urban fantasy series, The Withrow Chronicles, published by Falstaff Books, aka falstaffbooks.com. If you'd like to pick up a copy for yourself, head over to bit.ly, that's bit.ly, slash perishables link. Now I'm reading from my short stories and other works, and occasionally I'll invite on a writer friend for special episodes called Public Domain Radio. Thanks for listening. Okay, y'all. I am going to go ahead and get back into the social distancing radio recording. Sorry about the hiatus. I uh, really have a lot going on at the moment. I am working on pre-recorded panels for Dragon Con. I have a new podcast coming out uh, over Labor Day weekend called Arcane Carolinas. And I am probably going to be the person doing the audiobook for A Fallen Autumn. And I'm working on revisions to its sequel, New Life in Autumn. So uh, there's a lot happening on the author front. But I'm going to go ahead and finish up the uh, current story, which is called Stories I Tell to Girls from Sekhmet Press LLC's uh, anthology Wrapped in Black, which was all stories about witches. Then after that, I'm going to read my short story Complications, which is a machine of death story. And after that, I don't know what I'll read of mine. We'll see. Maybe I'll read the first chapter of A Fallen Autumn. Who knows? So anyway, I'm also doing some audio experimenting with this recording. So if it comes out terrible, then please tell me because I need to know imminently if that is the case. But I don't know exactly how many more uh, episodes it will take to finish this story, but I'm going to try to get three recorded today. So we'll see how that happens. And I'm recording in the middle of a thunderstorm. So you may get some real ambient background. I don't know. We'll see if this directional mic actually would pick that up. (coughs) So let's get into it with stories I tell to girls. And I'm going to start a few paragraphs back in the story so that you can get back into it with me as I get back into it. Percy stepped forward, green eyes blazing. I need to speak with the dead, sir, he said very softly. I'm told you can help with that. I'm not in that practice anymore. Harold growled in reply. He glared at Lorraine. They won't let me. Looking directly at Lorraine while he spoke, he said, They took all my tools, all the precious things I used to call the dead. We told you not to abuse the dead. Auntie Anne's voice crackled and spat, but it also commanded attention. We said nothing about stopping communication altogether. Harold looked back and forth between Lorraine and Auntie Anne and then at Percival. (coughs) No, you can't make me, he chuckled. Witches don't hurt one another. They may have they may have taken my tools, but they didn't hurt me. He smirked now, brimming with tiny triumph. His tone curdled as his wrinkled face bunched up. They left a ghost here to watch over me. Harold laughed a strangled chortle. Can't touch me. Can't so much as lift a paperclip. Oh, but it tattles, he grimaced. So no, I won't help you. Percival stepped closer, skin glowing in the moonlight, and whispered as he spoke. Witches may not hurt one another. A ghost may not be able to harm you either. He smiled. But I am something altogether different. His fangs slid into view. They've already told me they won't intervene on your behalf. 
They've already told me they want to intervene on my behalf. I wonder, does that go both ways? Harold's lips quivered and he let out a sound of disgust, but his eyes gleamed with something like an idea. Fine, I'll do your magic. If you'll pay my price. He smirked a little. I want a pint of your blood. Percy snarled and put his finger in the middle of Harold's chest. After a moment, he recovered something of himself. That's a lot to ask. We don't just go around handing it out. That, Harold said through gritted teeth, is my price. Take it or leave it. They held each other's gaze for a moment and then Percy fluttered his lips in frustration. Fine, he said. It won't matter for long anyway. Harold turned and shuffled off deeper into the library. He didn't invite them in, but neither did he shut the door. Did you really station a ghost here? Percival looked at Auntie Anne. Yes, Lorraine Anne. Grant was once one of us. Now he keeps an eye on Harold because Harold needs eyes kept on him. Is it wise to give such a man some of your blood? She arched one eyebrow. It's been a long century, Percy said. I'm ready to go. You must have something precious to the spirit, Harold's. If there's any night when magic is easy, it's Samhain. But you must have something they most dearly loved or lost to form a link. I have the spirit's blood, Percy said. I've had it in me for many years. If it isn't in your jar there, it'll be in my veins. Harold smiled, screwing the top onto an old jelly jar he filled with the viscous, oily blood Percy squeezed from the wound he made in his own wrist. They gathered in the middle of the library's main room. There were rows of bookshelves taking up most of Harold's library, but the very center was a large, open circle with a reference desk to one side. Behind it was what had been his shrine to Santa Muerte, an ancient book pedestal fashioned from dark wood. Harold worked quickly to arrange a handful of candles around. The pedestal itself was draped in a thick black velvet shroud. It said witchcraft in a way few other arrangements could. Lorraine was a little surprised to find herself admiring. The book people had taken four points describing an arc around Percival with Harold as the fifth. Harold struck a match and with it lit each of the candles in rapid, practiced motion. Light sprang from them and the whole room was bathed in gold. He took the edge of the black shroud between his fingertips and said simply, his voice flat, the veil is thin. With a tug, Harold pulled the shroud from the shrine and revealed the book underneath, an old black journal of the kind found amongst school supplies. Stepping from the shadows, a sixth form joined them in the circle, but this one existed only from the waist up and was slightly transparent. Grant's ghost and Lorraine nodded at one another. Just like that, one of the dead had arrived. Harold turned and held the black fabric before him, speaking in hushed tones. Let the veil be drawn aside for the one you seek. Speak their name to call them he. His magic was clean, efficient, sparse. Lorraine wondered if they'd done Harold's magic a favor by taking his tools and forcing him to boil the process down so. Percy spoke without hesitation. Jefferson Wall. Auntie Anne drew a sharp breath. The spirit arrived in the blink between two instants of time. One moment, nothing. The next, there was a man in a filthy shirt, with must hair and hollows where his eyes had been. Those cavernous knot eyes, black and shining like opal, revealed no movement, but Lorraine could sense the spirit searching around himself to find his bearing. The ghost's voice sounded like wind in the branches on the other side of a deep wood. Who disturbs Percival McAllister? Percy said. His head was again bowed. He was deferential to the point of making obeisance. I have brought you here to ask the unaskable, sir, to be forgiven for the crimes I perpetrated against you. The spirit's voice was a sorrowful sigh. Look, my little... Percy was silent as though debating with himself whether to object. Yes, he finally said. I come now, seeking your leave to set aside the guilt I feel for having wronged. I wish to die forgiven. Percy's voice faltered for a moment. 
though Lorraine couldn't tell with what exact combination. The ghost's eyes searched blankly for a second. Finally, it replied, For the anger of James, chapter verse 20. The ghost's face turned toward where Percy knelt before it. I forgive you for your sake. The ghost lifted its face and turned in the direction of Auntie Anne. Is there another? Lorraine looked at the crone and was surprised to see tears on her cheeks. Auntie Anne was quiet for a moment before saying, There was a sound like a door closing, and in the space between two measurements of time. Percy started to stand, but Harold's voice rang out clear and strong. Kneel, slave. He looked at the vampire with open contempt, and his lips curled back with smug satisfaction. Annie? Percival said, still bent. Annie, I can't move. Harold looked around at them. You know how my mercs. His voice was reedy again, the momentary surge in power gone. I control the dead by what precious to them. You let a vampire give me his blood. Oh, you miserable dude fools. We are witches. No, I am a witch. I want the power. I suffer no insult and take no pity because none has been taken. He spoke with renewed strength. Stand, slip. Percival rose, standing now, his eyes wide with panic. Annie, he said, though he didn't scream. Annie, he's making me do what he says. Annie, have to run. Annie, run. She's an old woman. She can't. Harold smiled, his back to the candles, and the rain could just make out the glint of his glasses and the shine of his teeth. He coughed once, a wet rattle. And as for you, a vampire is just as dead as any spirit. You said you could hurt people? Let's find out just what you meant. Destroy them, slave. Destroy the ones who dared to take my tools and shame them. Destroy the witches who interfere. Percy's jaw opened and his lips pulled back. His tongue lolled out, red and wet as fresh blood. Lorraine could see the teeth of a monster and its hands curling like claws. The eyes, though, the eyes never ceased searching, and Lorraine could see the sorrow deep inside. All right, I think that that probably is a great place to stop so let's stop there and we'll come back and finish this story next time thanks a lot thanks for listening this podcast is released under creative commons attribution non-commercial no derivatives license the theme music is Bucked Contemporary Boom by Kara Square, available under a Creative Commons attribution license at ccmixter.org.